Amen. Yes, take a seat. If you have a Bible or a Bible app, you can open it to the letter of Ephesians. Letter of Ephesians is towards the right side, the skinny side of your Bible. You open it up, you've gone to like 2 Timothy, Titus, you've gone too far. So go back the other way. Letter sent to the Ephesians. We are in chapter 6. And we've, um, we've been working our way through this letter, but we've kind of had a, a series of sermons within this letter called The Christian Home. The last chapter and a half, Paul has been instructing the Christian of what it's like to be a Christian husband, a Christian father, a Christian parent, a Christian child. And so uh, we've spent, I think this is week six or seven, just on those aspects of what it means to be a family that worships Jesus. And last week we started with children, and all the parents said, amen. They were super excited uh, to remind their kids what God says. Now, we are in chapter six, and we really just got into children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. And that's um, kind of the theme verse for the next couple of weeks. This is week two of understanding what it means for children to obey. So what I'd like to do by... uh, is start by reading verses 1 through 4 of chapter 6. If you don't have a Bible, I believe the Sky Bible behind me will have it on there for you. You can follow along. This is what Paul says. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. That it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. Now, a few things to get us started. Teaching children to obey is not a simple task, but it is a task that even the simple can accomplish. Teaching children to obey is not for the faint of heart. Absolutely not. But it is for those who consider themselves to be faint of heart. Obedience is not necessarily a sign of perfection, but perfection was required in order for obedience to even become a possibility. And so that's the obedience is the theme this morning. We're continuing with that. And we're learning what obedience is. And then why is it important for the Christian home to emphasize this obedience with their children? If you were not here last week, you can catch up by listening to the CityGate Church. I believe it's entitled Teaching Audio Podcast. Um, you can catch all the sermons on there. And today we are still on the topic of children obeying their parents. And as a way of introduction, I'd like to first continue to say, not continue to say, I'd like to first say that we need to reach all the way back into chapter 5, verse 18, to even begin to understand how obedience is even a possibility. So before Paul even gets into what husbands are to do and wives are to do and children and bond servants and slaves, he says, chapter 5, verse 18, be filled with the Holy Spirit. This is not something we're going to accomplish just on our own. It's not going to work. Um, you have tried many things in your life on your own, and most of the times what you end up doing is saying, man, I, I really tried that on my own power. I didn't ask for any help. I didn't ask for any guidance. And a lot of times we fail when that happens, when we go at it alone, when we just try to push through and pull our own selves up and do it by our own will. Well, if you're a parent here this morning, you know very well that you cannot just push through and make your children obey. We are to be filled with the Holy Spirit, the spirit of power, the spirit of truth, To be filled with the Spirit is to take that next step in your life in a total dependence and reliance upon the Holy Spirit that has indwelled you as a Christian. I want to encourage you by saying you cannot effectively teach your children to obey unless you are filled with the Holy Spirit. Unless you are first filled with the Holy Spirit. You can get children to do what you want them to do. 
but that doesn't necessarily mean obedience. If you attempt to teach obedience apart from the Spirit of God, you will fail. If you attempt to teach your children to obey by the power of your own will, you will fail. I think you understand the theme. It takes the Holy Spirit in order to do all of these things. And that's what Paul says, starting with chapter 5, verses 18. Uh, Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Then he says, the church now submit to Christ. The wife now submit to the husband. The husband now love his wife. Children, obey. All of this is predicated on the fact that we are filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, the good news this morning is this, that these commands are not these good works sort of staircase that you climb in order for God to love you. So if you're thinking, well, I better submit, I better love, I better get my kids to obey, because then God will receive me, God will love you. That's not why Paul writes this. In fact, I would say that this is the transformation that Paul promises when we are filled with the Holy Spirit. A, a, A submitting wife, a loving husband, a church that submits to Christ, children who obey, a home that is filled with joy, laughter, and equal submission is the result of what God has done in your life. It's, it's not what you need to do in order for God to come into your life. It is the result of what God has done. These commands are, are the result of what Paul continually says in this letter of being in Christ, a term that he uses over and over and over again. Now, to link this back to last week, it's kind of like a part two of last week. We learned that parenting children cannot be reduced to a specific program or a specific system. So so as parents, we're to now understand that obedience is also not this paint-by-numbers project where if you choose the right color and make sure you put it in the right spot, that this glorious picture of obedience is going to just pop out. It's not going to work. It's not as simple as choosing the right marker, filling in the right hole, done. That's not it. To go a bit deeper, teaching children to obey is much more than just getting them to comply with your demands. It's much deeper than that. The idea of obedience in these verses describe children who are eagerly and positively responding. (laughs) Eagerly and positively, positively responding to the parents' instructions. A lot of Lee's in there. That's what it means. Obedience is teaching children to eagerly and positively respond to a parent's instructions. Now, that actually puts us in the right state of mind. Obedience is not just seeing your kids do what you say, but it's in the motive in which they do what you say that actually counts. Are they doing it with a joyful attitude? Are they doing it with eagerness? See, I don't think there's anybody in here who cannot get a, a child to do what they want. You can, we can all absolutely accomplish that. But that's not the goal of teaching obedience. You want children to be eager and positive and joyful when they follow the instructions of the parents. Now this means teaching children to obey cannot be accomplished by creating this lengthy list of rules. And then holding your kids to those rules. Yes, this may produce children who do what you want them to do, but are they really obeying you? You know, it's the fine, right? That tone and that word, I hate it, okay? Or sorry, right? I've I've, I've heard those a lot. We don't like, that's not obedience. If you say, hey, please go and do so-and-so, and and they go, whatever, and they go and do it, sure, the leaves will get raked, but that's not obedience. Obedience is achieved when children respond with positivity and eagerness, a joyfulness in knowing that they're obeying the parents' instructions. Okay, so here's the big idea. I try to put this in one main idea. Teaching children to obey is using God-like discipline to show them 
that obedience is a blessing. That's what it means to teach obedience. It's, it's a statement that actually tells you how to do it, but I think it summarizes what I'd like to share with you this morning. Teaching obedience, teaching children to obey is using God-like discipline to show them that obedience is a blessing. This is what it's going to take if children are to obey their parents in the Lord. When Christian parents are teaching children to obey, they're not focusing so much on the levers they're pulling in order to get their kids to obey. Remember last week, you know, the three-year-old with the vase on the table? You know, the lesson you're teaching the three-year-old is not to touch the vase over and over again. That's not the lesson. The lesson you're teaching them is how a parent talks to a three-year-old as the parent tells the three-year-old to not touch the vase. That's the lesson. The lesson is don't touch the vase. The lesson is hear me when I talk to you. Hear the grace and peace in my voice. Hear the love in my voice as I instruct you to obey me. That's really the lesson. That is the foundation of every lesson. So so when you teach children to obey, you're not focusing on, on the things, the physical commands you're giving in order to get them to obey, but rather you're focusing on the reason why you're giving those, those commands and how you are giving those commands. That's the most crucial part of giving, getting children to obey. So last week, the big idea was this, that godly parenting is the process of becoming more like Jesus in the presence of children who are becoming more like Jesus. That kind of summarizes what it means to be a Christian parent. Godly parenting is becoming more like Jesus in the presence of little ones who are watching you become more like Jesus. Therefore, teaching children to obey is using God-like discipline to show them that obedience is a blessing. Now, I'd like to support that main idea with three points, because there's always three. We'll just stick with that. Somebody told me people remember things in three. So, um, number one, let me support it with this. Obedient children are disciplined, not punished. Very important distinction. If you want your children to obey, you are to discipline them. We're going to get to that, not punish them. There is a significant difference. Obedience is not achieved without discipline, and discipline is required to achieve obedience. If you don't like discipline, get over yourself. It's necessary. It is absolutely necessary. And there is no one here who is not disciplining. I would say you're either doing it ineffectively or effectively, or somewhere in between. We're all disciplining in our own ways, even if you feel like, I don't like to discipline. You're doing something to hold your kids accountable. And I would ask you to consider if that is a healthy way to do it or not. Now, for some of us, we need to get this idea right about discipline. And because when we hear the word discipline, automatically, a lot of us go to the word punishment. That's what we put in its place. We don't think discipline and correction. We think punishment. Now, that's completely normal, and you're not icky if you feel that way, all right? You belong here because a lot of us, what we're doing as parents, we're just bringing baggage from our childhood. That's all we're doing. We're we're remembering how we were brought up and how we were stewarded and how we were meant to obey. And there is a difference between punishment because punishment is punitive. It means to seek to correct the behavior by probably inflicting pain or subjecting someone to harsh conditions, something like that. That would be punishment. I'm going to teach you a lesson. You ever heard that phrase? Any parents want to say they've said that phrase? (laughs) Come on, everyone's welcome here, all right? But just so you know, when your heart is screaming, I'm going to teach this kid a lesson, I will guarantee you what usually follows is not good. That phrase is born out of anger, out of frustration. And so a lot of times when we actually want to discipline, we may be punishing. 
Proverbs 29.11 says, A fool gives a full vent to his spirit. This is for those parents who don't understand the difference between punishment and anger. A fool gives full vent to his spirit, referring to anger, but a wise man quietly holds it back. A foolish mother or father will just let their spirit control in the moment of discipline. Whatever their flesh wants, their flesh is going to get, and that kid is going to pay. Ecclesiastes 7.9 says, Be not quick in your spirit to become angry, for anger lodges in the heart of fools. If we were to search the, the word punishment throughout the Bible, I think what we would normally see, the majority of what I saw this week, is that punishment is reserved for those who die in their sin. That's how the Bible describes it. Punishment is a real thing. And punishment is what people will receive at the moment they see God face to face. They will die in Christ or they will die outside of Christ. We know that judgment is coming because God is a good God who is just and who always does what is right. Therefore, sin will be punished. There is a time where sin will be punished. And throughout the Bible, you can see the word punishment reserved for people who die outside of Christ. I think this is important to know that everyone here is by nature a sinner, a rebel. But we have been saved by his grace. That's the good news. Which means that we have been justified. That's the word. We have been, we have been made sinless in the sight of God, legally. It's like this legal demand language. Legally, you stand before God, holy, blameless, sinless, forgiven, if you believe in Christ. That's the gospel. That's the good news. Those who are Christians are no longer under the judgment and the punishment for their sin because the wrath of God and that punishment that was meant for you was already poured out on Jesus Christ, the Bible says. So as a Christian, you need to understand that Jesus Christ was punished for your sin. He was punished for your sin so you would not experience punishment for your sin. Now, to those who have been saved, to those who have been given the right to become children of God, you will be disciplined by God as a child of God, but you will not be punished by God. Our God and Father in heaven does not punish his children. He disciplines them. Now, why is that true? Well, that's true because all of his wrath was already poured out on Jesus. So likewise, parents are not to punish their kids. They're to discipline them, right? This means parents are to not punish their kids for their sin or their disobedience, but rather they are to discipline them when they sin with the goal of pointing them to the justifying, the saving work of Jesus Christ. That's the parent's entire intention when they discipline is I'm going to show you who God is in this act right now. I'm going to show you how amazing Jesus is in this act right now. Every discipline, everything you do with your kids is to point them to the saving work of Jesus Christ. Now here's a bit of a warning for some of us who are still trying to wrestle with this and figuring out, do I punish? Do I discipline? Yes, you do. You have punished your children. You have failed your children by punishing them at times. I have, and you have. Right now, now that that's out there, we're all together in this. Let me give you a bit of a warning as you go into your Sunday afternoon. You cannot, and here's why this is so important, you cannot at the same time punish your children and teach them about the saving work of Jesus Christ at the same time. You can't do it. It confuses those little minds. They can't separate the two. 
When parents discipline in anger, they may be punishing their kids. And this is confusing. It's specifically to those children who are raised in a Christian home. Every Sunday, right below us, all 50 of them scattered around down there, are taught about this amazing person, Jesus Christ. Who he is, what he's done, the hope that he brings to a lost, dark, and dying world. And they also have made the connection that probably upstairs they're doing the same thing. My mommy and daddy are learning about Jesus. But Monday through Saturday, Jesus doesn't make the roster. He's not on the team at home. He's not a part of the huddle. He's not even on the sidelines coaching. To a, to a child who hears his parents say they followed Christ on Sunday, but who are punished for falling short on Monday, are really extremely confused. Now, they're not going to say, um, excuse me, I'm confused, right? What a three-year-old would say is, huh, right? Food? Snack? Right? Well, get a lot of that snack. But they're, you're, they're confused, and actually I would say it's really hard for them to even explain it. Parents, when your children do not obey, you are to display the loving kindness of God through, which supports the first point, consistent discipline, not punishment. Now, discipline is the loving act of a mother or a father who desires for the children to be blessed by God. Discipline is the loving act of a mother or a father or parents who desire for their children to be blessed by God. Discipline is kind. Discipline is good. Discipline is absolutely necessary for obedience. Now, I want you to consider whether or not you are obedient in your discipline from God. That's where I want to go to next. Just like last week, we said, you can't really tell your kids to obey when you're not first, what? Obeying. Right? So when you're screaming at your kids and you're like, why won't you listen to me? I'm a mom. I've been there. I'm older than you. I got it all figured out. And you're six and you know nothing and you need to listen. Right? That's not exactly what you say, but that's what you mean. Right? And then you're saying, why won't you listen to me? We've done this time and time again. And in your anger, in that moment, because you have allowed your spirit to spew hatred and anger, God the Father is behind you doing what? Why won't you listen to me? Stop being angry. So you see, a parent is really to do what, with their children what they first do with God. I want you to consider whether or not you are obedient from the discipline that you receive from God. Hebrews 12 says this, For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. Amen. Right? It does. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. This is the book of Hebrews. This is communicating to the Christian that we are God's children, and because we are his children, he will discipline us. Deuteronomy 8.5. God go through, goes through this whole thing in Deuteronomy of telling his people who he was and what he has saved them from and how amazing of a God he is. And then he says, Know then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, the Lord, your God, disciplines you. The discipline you give to your children should be built upon the discipline you receive from God. If you're going to discipline your children, you must first be willing to undergo discipline from God. So the sort of uh, rhetorical, you don't have to answer this. The question I want to answer you is, 
do you actually receive discipline from God? Or do you ignore it? Do you run away from it? Do you justify it away thinking that this is crazy because I didn't do anything wrong? When the Holy Spirit convicts you of sin, this is how God disciplines you. And when the Holy Spirit does convict you of sin, do you confess, repent, and walk in freedom? Or do you act like, I didn't do anything wrong. I'm not sure why I feel this way. When you find yourselves having to endure the consequences of your sin, those natural consequences that we all hate, do you respond with anger towards God? Or do you respond with thankfulness, knowing that he's leading you and teaching you and loving you? When wise counsel is offered to you by a church community, or a friend, or a pastor, or a leader, or a spiritual advisor of some sort that you trust, do you reject it? Or do you receive it? This is God's way of disciplining you. This is how it works. Discipline from God comes through the teaching and preaching of the word. So do you submit yourself through it? Do you submit yourself to it? Is Sunday morning a time that you can kind of get recharged and feel good that you've done your religious duty? Or are you sitting under the preached word of God? Submitting your heart to it and your mind Asking the Spirit to make it alive in your life. Do you think God waits to discipline you until after you've failed? No, God disciplines you. God's discipline is built within the way we worship this morning, in the way we connect during the week, and as we gather with friends and family. God disciplines us every time we interact with the Christian community or his word. See, that's why some of us always think discipline is punishment. Because discipline is only that thing that I don't like is happening because I did something wrong. That's not the way it works. Discipline is happening right now. God is teaching us. God is leading us. God right now is correcting us with his word. This is discipline. So if you're going to rightly discipline your kids, parents in this room need to first say, I need to be disciplined by the word. Now I want to make this connection. If a father or mother is rejecting the the discipline of their heavenly father, then you can expect the children to reject the discipline from their mother or father. If you are here, and if you consistently reject the discipline that God has built into your life through all those means that I just shared, then you can absolutely bet that your children will reject the discipline from you. If Sunday morning is not a regular routine in your family, Christian discipline will be very hard for you to achieve. And I know you hear it a lot, not, not too much from us, because I, you know, a lot of people say, well, you need to be in church. You need to be in church. And then pastors are like, you need to come to church. And I think often people feel like, you know, I wonder if he's telling me that because he, re- he really likes the room to be full, you know, when he's preaching. He really likes to feel like the church is successful. You know when I tell you to come to church? It's not so I feel better. I'll preach to one or 20. I don't really care. If there was one person, I'd give him this whole thing. <laughs> I'd give them the whole thing. Me encouraging you to make Sunday worship a routine in your life is not so I feel better because there's more cars out there and more people in here. It's for you. It's the benefit of your life. I'm going to talk no matter how many people are here. I'm just going to keep going. If Jesus is not mentioned Monday through Saturday in your home, Christian discipline will be very hard to achieve. If your children are not reminded of the good news of the gospel as it is working out in your life, because godly parenting is just becoming like Jesus in the presence of children who are becoming like Jesus, Christian discipline is going to be hard to achieve. 
You see, if a parent is not subjecting themselves to the discipline of their heavenly father, the children will not subject themselves to the discipline of a parent. Now, consider whether or not you are receiving discipline from the father. And then with an open heart and a teachable spirit, you may need to confess and repent that what you're actually doing is shutting him off, but still attempting to discipline your kids. So, point number one. Obedient children are disciplined, not punished. We understood a little bit about punishment. Now we understand a little bit about what discipline is and what it is not. Now, I'm going to get really brave because it's 2000, almost 20, and I don't want to pay for this. But point number two, discipline. It is okay to spank your children. Okay? Please come back next week and don't call the authorities. Or at least before you do, just give me a heads up. That's all I ask. Note it. Listen, this is now we're going to vet out a few things about discipline. And I'm going to qualify that statement I just made. It is okay for parents to spank or swat or whatever you call it, your children. Notice what I did not say. I did not say God requires you to spank your children for you to be a true Christian. I didn't say that. I'm simply saying it is not unholy, it is not wrong, it is not evil, and it's not abusive to spank your children. It's not. Everybody else in the world will tell you it is, which is why I'm even afraid to say it, but it's not. Now, before your minds take you to a place I do not want it to go, hear me out. Some of you have a huge problem with what I just said, and that's okay, because you love me and I love you, so give me a chance. Some of you are like really encouraged going, I knew it, here we go, all right? (laughs) We don't need that necessarily either. But here's why that swat, the spank, is so important. I, I believe that the older a child gets, let me, let me set it up this way. I believe the older a child gets, it's, it's the, the more natural consequences that tend to take over in the disciplinary world, right? The older you get, you and I understand it, natural consequences tend to play out. If you're late for work and you get fired, that's how it works, right? That, that's how it works. So when a young person is continually late for work and the boss says, hey, you can't work here anymore, that's a disciplinary action. And then the the person leaves going, I better tighten that up. I I better not be late to my next job. That's a discipline. That's a natural consequence. Now, what spanking does is is teach little children that there are natural consequences without subjecting them to those types of natural consequences. That's what it's doing. For example, here's the command. Luke, (laughs) some of you know Luke. Luke, do not run into the road. All right? And all the parents are like, duh. Let me tell you, a three-year-old's like, what are you talking about? Let's go, right? That's how they are. They're just ready to go. Luke, do not run into the road. Why? Well, it's simple to us, isn't it? The natural consequence is that when a child runs into the road, something really awful could happen. We know that. What a parent is not going to say is, well, I don't spank my kids after I tell them not run into the road. I just plead with them not to. What you're doing is just subjecting them to those really awful natural consequences. And I don't think you want that. Instead, what should be done is, Luke, I told you not to run into the road. Now, thank God, no car was driving by. And now to teach you that first, you need to obey dad's words. And second, you need to listen to me and do what I say. I'm going to give you a spanking. But I, but I, but I, but I, but I. (laughs) Maybe it's just my kids. I'm only going to use Luke as an example today because the other ones are old enough. I am not going to embarrass them. But I, but I, but I, right? Now, 
Spanking your children is providing that natural consequence that will help them realize that far more destructive natural consequences exist. That's what it's doing. Now, here's the other thing. You can say this this exact same thing could be accomplished without spanking those children. But I would argue with you that the ages between two and five, nothing else works. That's what works. Which leads me to my second point. I need to give you some guidelines about spanking. So if you're all jacked up and ready to go, right? (laughs) Ready to go home and put your house in order, just let me give you some guidelines for spanking, all right? Number one, spanking should sting, not hurt. Sting, not hurt. I had a friend who a long time ago said, I'll show you how to do it right. You just kind of sting them. You don't swing through them, right? You don't swing through, you sting. That's true. That's actually true. Spanking is supposed to sting and get their attention, never hurt them, right? So if you feel like you're doing it wrong with the spoon, you're probably doing it right because it's kind of hard to do with your hand. But a paint stick, a spoon, we'll edit that out. Whatever you need. Because if it hurts, it's going to be received as punishment, isn't it? If it hurts them and abuses them, it's going to, be, it's going to register as punishment. That's not what you're going for. You're showing that there's a natural consequence to something so when they get older, they'll go, I, I think there's a consequence to me running into the road. I'm going to stop, and I'm going to realize that if I do that, something's going to happen. That's all a spanking does. A spanking should awaken the child's attention to what they just did wrong and nothing more. That's it. Number two, spanking is never to be done in anger. I am guilty, and so are you, so let's confess and move on. Amen? I'm, I'm, man, I used to do this secret spank all the time. They did something in the other room. They wouldn't know what's coming. I'd just come around that corner, boom, you know? <laughs> And they go out. Well, that, that's wrong. We laugh, but it's wrong, right? Like, I, I'm walking. I'm going to get them. Here I come, right? We don't want that. And all of you laugh because you've done it. Spanking is never to be done in anger. This is why you take your time. You consider the situation, and then you correct them before you spank them. You've already had the conversation. I've asked you what to do. You didn't do it. In fact, you did the opposite because <laughs> you thought it was cool because you're a little sinner, saved by grace almost. So you, you, you have the conversation. Then you say, no, here's your consequence. I'm going to give you a spanking. That's how it's done. Once you spank your young child, hug them, pray with them, and then let it go. It's over. A common phrase in our home, and friends, as I was writing this sermon this week, I can tell you, because my kids are not up here, that we were severely tested with our patience yesterday from the time of 7 to 11 p.m. It's funny how the Spirit of God will actually cement these things in your life. If it were not for the sermon I wrote, I would have been a horrible parent last night. So I want you to know that I have really, this is not just me shoving more information out to you. This is me allowing the Word to work through my study. Because I can tell you, this was all buttoned up and tight, and I was like, Tomorrow's going to be great, and then 7 p.m. hit, and I won't tell you anymore, but it was devastating to our family. It put me and Sherry on the ropes. We had to really work hard at being patient, being kind, because one minute, everything was great, and between 7 and 11, we didn't know who these kids were. (laughs) It's like your kids were at my house. (laughs) And I was like, are these not Gilfil and Jill? What is happening? So this stuff is very practical. Once you spank them, you hug them, you pray with 